Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode two of the Secret to Everybody podcast. I am Ben, and I thank you for tuning in this week. We got a lot of good stuff this week. We're going to be talking about some indie games. Uh, that'll be our main topic. But first, I want to go over a few housekeeping matters. Um, first, uh, the show's intro I mentioned last week. That song we just played there is um, So Let's See What You Can by Alexander Zelenov. Um, the license said that I'm supposed to mention it somewhere. I don't want to mention it every time. Um, so that's the last time I'll mention that on the actual show. But I'll throw that in the notes each time. So I'm not breaking the law or anything because we don't want to do that. I got that from opengameart.org, so you can check that out. I'll have a link to it, and I'll have a link to that each week in the notes, so I don't have to worry about saying it every time, because I'm sure you get sick of hearing it. Uh, a couple things I want to go over. Um, last week when I published the show, I didn't... I had the site ready, um, the Podbean site. I had a subscription and everything to it, but I didn't know uh, exactly how it would look when I uploaded it, so I just wanted to go over real quick how, how you can subscribe to the podcast. Um, when you want to listen to the show... Um, you can go to the website, um, a secret to everybody.podbean.com. Um, obviously, you know how to get there if you're listening to this right now. Um, when you want to listen, you can go on and just play the podcast right from the site, or there's a little download button under the player if you want to save it your computer um, or do something like that. And, or finally, the easiest way and the, and the coolest way is to use um, RSS feeds, which are really awesome. I actually just found out about them um, like last week before I started doing the show. But basically, what you have to do is... When you go to the website, on the bottom right, um, on the very bottom right of the page, there'll be three little buttons. You'll see um, RSS Podcast, Adam Feed, and RSS Comments. You want to click that top one, RSS Podcast. And when you click that, you're either going to get one of two things, depending on what browser you're using and some stuff like that. You're either going to get a page with a bunch of garbled up text, or you're going to get like a plain text page with all the episodes of the podcast so far. Either way is fine. What you want to do is you want to copy the URL link of that page in your in your um, browser's address bar. Copy that, and then you're going to put it into, I'm assuming you're using iTunes. Um, you just open up iTunes, and if, you, uh, if you're updated on iTunes and iTunes 11, just go to File, and then there will be a button that says Subscribe to Podcast, and then just paste that link in. And it'll take a few seconds, and then it'll have everything auto-updated with the name of the show, the album art, all that stuff. Um, if you're pre-iTunes 11, if you have an older version, it's it's pretty it's almost the same thing, except you want to go to Advanced, and then Subscribe to Podcast, and then paste it in. Um, if you're using Android, you can also do that as well. Um, I have an app on my phone for that. You can just search on the market for podcast apps, and it'll be a very similar thing. Um, I have a Zoom, so I did that on the Zoom Marketplace, and it worked just fine. Um, hopefully in some time, we'll actually be able to get the show on iTunes and Zoom and stuff like that. Um, once I have a few episodes, I'm going to try to send it to them, so that'll be really awesome. But yeah, so that should be pretty simple. shouldn't take too long, and then you'll be automatically subscribed. Anytime I post a new episode of the show, you'll see it, and it'll sync to your device based on your iTunes settings, so that's awesome. Uh, second thing before we jump into the games here, I can't believe I forgot to mention this last week, but I need to give a huge shout-out to Adam uh, over at StartSelect.net. Um, I mentioned last week about making the videos and having that not work out, and he mentioned to me um, how about starting a podcast, and I didn't really know much about it. Like I said, I didn't even know about RSS feeds last week, but um, he was really awesome. Uh, he gave me his email, and I was kind of shooting some some stuff back and forth with him, just asking him, you know, how about this, how about this, asking him some, like, insider tips. Uh, so I, I, I'm really thankful for that. Um, so you can definitely check them out. They're over at startselect.net. Um, that's their new website, and I want to th- just thank them publicly, and that's really awesome because they've been a big help to me. Okay, so we're going to move on to the actual game stuff now. Um, I want to talk about indie games today, and um, I haven't really had a ton of time with indie games. I've recently discovered them, but I really like them, so I kind of want to share um, how I discovered them, 
kind of the basis of them and then give you guys a few examples so you can um it'll it'll maybe um make you interested to try some yourself. Um, I first got into indie games after I watched uh, another documentary, actually, like I talked about last week with Donkey Kong. Um, there's a movie called, it's called Indie Game, the movie. Um, it's a really cool movie. I heard about it, um, it came out a couple years ago, and I heard about it. I was going to check it out, because uh, a game I'll talk about in a little bit, Retro City Rampage. Um, I followed the developer on Twitter, and he was, when I was waiting for the game to be released, he was tweeting about Indie Game, the movie, and how he was recommending it and everything. And I asked him if he was in it, and he replied and said that he's actually he wasn't in it, but it really um, captured his journey of making the game very well. So I figured I'd check it out. So right before Retro City Rampage came out, I uh, it was on Netflix, so I watched it on Netflix. Um, it's a really good movie. It's a documentary, like I said, and it centers around three main um, sets of developers: um, Jonathan Blow and his game Braid, um, Edmund McMillan and Tommy Rafines with Super Meat Boy, and Phil Fish um, making a game called Fez. And actually, it's really cool because Phil Fish just announced um, just just this week that Fez is going to be coming to PC um, in May. It was previously an Xbox 360 exclusive, so I'm really excited for that because when I watched the movie, the game looked really cool and I wanted to play it, but it was only on Xbox uh, up until now, which I don't have an Xbox, so I'm excited to play that. Uh, anyway, I don't want to go into too much detail about the movie because I don't want to be boring and ruin it for you, but um, it's really eye-opening about what the developers go through. Um, it shows the love they have for the game, and like some of the stuff they have to put up with, like there's a part in the movie where the, the um, team meet that makes Super Meat Boy. It shows the day of the game's release on Xbox Live, and uh, Xbox Live Arcade, um, and the deal they had cut out with Microsoft, they were supposed to have the game on the front page. You know, when you click Arcade, it's like right there, like new releases or whatever and that didn't work out or something like something got messed up or the game didn't come out right and it's like when you think about it it's like if they would if that would have got messed up and the game would have just got buried in some back menu i mean they could have lost you know they put a lot of time and money into that and if they would have not had it on the front page like they thought they were going to and it just got buried i mean who's ever going to find that you know what i mean now it could catch on you know if someone finds it and tells other friends but you know in this day and age i think eye-catching stuff on the front page is um you know more apt to bring in users than a, than a uh, you know a random game in the back. Um, so the first game I do want to talk about is Super Meat Boy. Um, just a little bit. I got the game um, a couple months ago. Um, it's really really hard. Um, it's just a it's a 2D platformer like Mario Brothers. Um, it's not the bad kind of hard though. Like if you've ever played a game that's like so maddening because like the enemies are cheap. Like Call of Duty World at War, for example, when you're getting 500 grenades thrown at you when you're trying to play it on veteran, it's not that kind of hard. It's the good kind of hard, where you know the developer um, put a lot of work into making the level, um, you know, difficult and being one step ahead of you, that kind of thing. Uh, the controls are dead on. I have it on PC because I don't have an Xbox, like I said, but um, you can use a control pad for it. So that's what I do. It actually recommends it when you fire the game up. It gives you a little funny graphic, like you know. If you use a keyboard, you suck, or something like that. Um, I can't imagine playing the game with a keyboard. It's hard enough with a joypad. Um, the level design is really awesome, too. Like I was saying, um, in the game, there's two worlds. Like, there's the light world and the dark world. And in the light world, when you beat a level, there's a certain time limit. You, if you beat it by that, you unlock the same level in the dark world. And it's the same, like, level design, but it's it's more difficult. Like, it's the same, like, path, you know what I mean, like, shape and size and stuff. But it's a lot more difficult to actually get through. 
And so there's things like a trick. Maybe you found out a trick that makes the level a little bit easier to deal with. In, in the light world, and then in the dark world, he has a blade or something right there um, to keep you from doing that. So that's why I think it's really it's really genius. Like, it's hard, but, it, like, the game restarts really... Like, when you die, it's like, boom, you're restarted, so you don't have to worry about loading screens or anything. Um, the, like I said, the controls are spot on. I mean, they're really tight. So when you screw up, it's not it's it's not the game's fault. It's your fault 99% of the time. So it's a really fun game. Um, a lot of, like, secrets. You know I mean? There's, like, there's these warp zones where you go to, like, different levels, like, they're, like, retro 3 theme, <laughs> themed, excuse me, or, um, you can go to a level that's, like, themed off a different indie game, um, that's, that's what's cool about indie games, too, is developers are, um, you know, developers of indie games are usually more, um, friends with each other and stuff like that, and I just realized that I'm completely out of order, because I didn't actually talk about what an indie game is, so let me do that right now before I go even farther and mess myself up even more. Indie game is kind of like if you hear about indie music, like how an indie music is released off of a, with no record label. Um, indie games are, like, independently released by developers. Um, usually they're a little bit, they're smaller, like the games aren't, I mean, well, I mean, usually the games aren't, like, you know, they're not AAA. I mean, indie games have gotten into a bigger light lately with stuff like Steam and the Xbox Live Marketplace and PlayStation Network and stuff like that. But the general mark of an indie game is that it's independently released. It's not a big name release. Um, but what's like I said, but like I mentioned about the movie, what's cool about indie games is just the you know the passion that developers put in because it's not like they're working for a big company where they say, okay, we have to do this, we have to introduce this feature, we have to make sure that we please the people that are used to this in the last game. Like indie developers are free to do whatever they want, which I think is really cool. It leads for some interesting game variety, and it really you know you feel like that you're you have a closer connection with the um the game and the developer when you play it. So now that I have that out of the way, sorry about that if you were confused there. Um, the next game I want to go into is actually the first indie game that I really played, um, Retro City Rampage. Uh, it's developed by Brian Provinciano, and he's really awesome. I'll talk about that in a few minutes, but I heard about the game in Nintendo Power in the summer of 2010, and originally in that article, it was supposed to be released in that, that winter of 2010. Um, the game was pushed back a bunch of times because Brian uh, Provinciano wanted to make it as good as he could, which was really cool because, you know, I mean, like, I read a few interviews with him during the, like, the time it was being pushed back, and he was saying, like, you know, we don't want to have to go to work at McDonald's after the game's released, you know, like, he wants to, you know, I mean, it's a lot of work, and it's years and years and years and years. Um, it was originally going to be a game on the, um, he wanted to make, like, a NES game, um, that was, like, a Grand Theft Auto, like, 8-bit version called Grand Theft Tendo. It was in development for years and years, and he eventually changed it into what we know, what we now have as Retro City Rampage. Um, it's a cool, it's really cool, it's like an 8-bit free-roaming game, but the hallmark of it is it has parodies of anything you can think of. Anything from the 80s, 90s, even 2000s, um, video games, movies, TV, like everything in this game is a parody. I mean, I'm pretty... I'm pretty good on my video game trivia slash history, and I, I'm sure I missed hundreds of references in this game. It's hilarious. Um, and, the, and the cool thing about it, too, is it's not just the references. The gameplay is really varied, too. Like, it's not just get in the car, drive to point A, do this, drive to point It's like, you know, when you're in the car, you, you'll play different stages in the theme of different games. Like, you'll play a, a tunnel stage that's, like, reminiscent of Contra, or you'll play a sneaky stage where it's, like, Metal Gear. So it's, like, a lot of variety in the game. It's really cool. Like I said, it's really funny. Um, I definitely recommend that one. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Brian really put a lot into it. And the other thing I think is really cool about this, too, um, Brian Provenciano, when he originally was going to release the game, he said he was going to... The first system it was going to be on was WiiWare, which is kind of like... It was on the Wii. It was kind of... It's it's not all indie games. It's it's basically like... It, like games like Mega Man 9 and 10 are on there like that aren't old 
like they're on the Wii's virtual console, which is all like N64 games and stuff like that. But on WiiWare, it was just a place for like different new games, kind of like a PSN type place. But by the time the game actually came out, which was just a month ago on WiiWare, um, the Wii U was already out, which means the Wii has significantly less people playing it already. And WiiWare is basically a dead platform because there were never really, you know, huge games developed for it. It was kind of like a trial type thing. You know, it was kind of like an experiment. But he said he was going to do it, and he did. He actually cut the price for it when it came out, and he released a bunch of bonus content for the people on Wii. So I think he's the real deal. Um, it's really awesome that he did that, and I look up to him for doing that. Um, he says he's going to be making more games. Not sure what the type is, but I would, I'm definitely going to be looking out for that. Um, Retro City Rampage is available if you want to get that. It's on PS3, Vita. If you buy on one, you get, them both, get it on both for that one. So on Xbox 360, WiiWare, and PC on Steam. So you can definitely check that one out, too. And also, for, for um, Super Meat Boy, if you missed that, that's on Xbox 360 and Steam on the PC. Uh, next game I want to talk about here is uh, Braid. This is uh, one, of the, I, one of the first ones I played as well. My Uncle Randy told me about it, and um, we downloaded it together for the um, PlayStation. This is a pretty cool game. I can't really talk a ton about it, because it's, it's, it's basically it, it's a game. Uh, there's no there's no filler to it. It's, it's just you in the game, and you're, you figure it out. Um, it's kind of like an action puzzle-type game. And the learning curve is really good, just like Super Meat Boy. Um, it starts you out, and it's like, okay, okay, I got this. But each new world introduces a new gameplay mechanic. Like, in, in, the, in the first... In, throughout the whole game, you can reverse time. Um, but as the game goes on, you get different things. Like, there's objects that are immune to reversing time, or objects that, um, when you walk... Like, there's a world where when you walk backwards, time reverses, and when you walk forward, it goes forward. So it's really, it's a brilliant game. Like, the, some of the puzzles are really, really hard. Like, I actually haven't even finished the game because some of the puzzles are that hard. But the feeling you get when you finally figure out a level is awesome. Um, it's like, the, you know, it's, it's, it's that eureka moment. Especially some of the later levels in the game where you think, how am I ever supposed, like, you look at it and just think, I'm never going to be able to do this. But it's a really good game. Um, Jonathan Blow was in, was in any game the movie. Not a ton because Braid was already out when that movie came out. But... That's definitely a good game. He's working on a new game, so I have my eye on that, too, because I think he's a really good developer for making Braid as well. And if you're interested in Braid, that is on PS3, Xbox 360, and PC right now. Uh, moving on, uh, one game, one guy I want to kind of talk about the developer in general. His name is Terry Cavanaugh. Um, you may, if you're up on the, um, the mobile device um, market, you may have seen his game Super Hexagon recently. Um, it, hit, uh, it hit iOS and Android recently. Um... It was on sale on Android. I think it's like the number one downloaded game for a, for a couple weeks or something. But um, it's 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 a minimalistic game. It's it's kind of it's not a puzzle game. It's more of like an action game. Basically, you're a little you're a little triangle that rotates around a hexagon in the center of the screen, and there's shapes that come in that try to crush you, and you have to move um, back and forth to dodge them. Lasting 30 seconds in this game is an accomplishment. Uh, it's really really tough. Um, it's like you have to, you have to really know what you're doing. You gotta memorize the patterns really well, and it's, it's a good game for like practicing high scores. It's perfect for mobile devices. Uh, another game he makes. Um, if you look at the game, it's it's V V V V V V. Um, I looked it up, and it's pronounced as um, V six or the letter V six times, whatever you prefer. That one's a little bit different than um, uh, than Super Hexagon. It's a minimal. Um, it's like a retro platforming game. Um, you just you you can move left and right, and when you hit the space bar, you reverse gravity. So that's pretty much all you like all the only control you have in that game. But it's a really fun game. The music's really awesome. Uh, it's a fun little game, not super long, but it is a lot of fun if you like the retro music. And um, again, it's just kind of like all the games I've been talking about—just good puzzles, simple fun. 
um, you know, no filler and stuff like that. Um, his site uh, also has some free games he's made. Um, I think one, yeah, one of them is on Android. It's called um, Don't Look Back. You can get that for free. It's by the same developer if you see Super Hexagon. But um, his site is distractionware.com. He has some free games he's played there. Like there's one I played called um, Squish. It's a puzzle game. It's like a 2D like action. But then when you hit the space bar, the 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 perspective switches to like 1D, where you're just walking on a single row of blocks. And so it, so it's like you know you just solve puzzles by going through that. So he's really awesome. Um, you can get his games. Um, like I said, Super Hexagon is on iOS and Android and on PC, and V6 is on PC as well. Um, his site is distractionware.com. Like I said. Uh, last game I want to talk about that I'm going to integrate with some news here is um, DLC Quest. Um, I've been playing that um, this week. It came out. It came out on Steam just a couple of days ago on Tuesday. Um, it's been out before that on other sites for a while, but I just got it on Steam this past week. Um, the game makes a bold statement. Um, it's really short. I, I beat it in under two hours, but it definitely packs some punch. Um, the, ba- the basis of the game is a parody of how you know how every game nowadays. Um, major game pretty much has like has DLC downloadable content um, map packs stuff like that um, it's kind of a parody of that like when you start the game you can't you, you can't even jump or watch the left like there's no sound you can't jump you can't pause you have to buy DLC so I mean the game's not like hard it's more of an experience you kind of play through if you know what I mean but you know you walk to the right you pick up coins and then you see a shopkeeper that sells you DLC so you can jump and move to the left and then when you get more coins you get DLC so you can you know have a sword and so you can move to the next map stuff like that so it's it's kind of it's kind of making fun of how you know map packs and freemium games and stuff like that um which you know i i think it's i think the DLC thing is kind of annoying because you have companies like Valve like when a DLC comes out for Portal Everyone gets it, you know, like the um the, the co-op one that came out on PlayStation a couple months after the game came out. Everyone got that, but with DLC, it's almost like the companies are trying to milk even more out of you. You know what I mean? And some of the stuff is like I I know work goes into it, but with the maps, like I don't know if if you like the game, it's fine. I don't really have a problem with it, but you know the state. Of, I don't I don't want the state of the game industry to be like. You can buy the game, but you need DLC to do everything. And it works a lot... I think it works really well on mobile games. Like, for example, Temple Run. Um, they refer to those games as freemium, which basically means the game is free to play, but you can pay for extra content. So, like, in, in te- you can play Temple Run without ever paying a thing, but if you want to pay for extra coins instead of actually getting them in the game, you can. I don't know who I would ever do that. I never would. I mean, Temple Run's something I play when I'm... You know, bored waiting for someone, and I only have my phone. It's not, I mean, I'm not going to put real money into it, you know what I mean? But, to link this into some news, what makes this pretty funny is the day that this game, DLC Quest, came out on Steam, which was Tuesday the 19th, was the same day that the CEO of EA Electronic Arts, John Richard Tiello, the CEO of EA, announced he was stepping down. Um, which It's pretty funny because EA is known as one of the biggest offenders when it comes to DLC. Um, they make games like Battlefield, Need for Speed, stuff like that, that have a ton of DLC. Um, is that a coincidence? I mean, you can decide. Um, it probably is. I just, I just found it funny. Um, maybe, you know, you've probably been hearing a lot about Sim, the SimCity launch, but perhaps that bomb kind of um, urged that along with the CEO here. But I don't get with the SimCity launch. Basically, in a nutshell, they released the game... It had always on always online DRM, which meant that you have to be to play the game. You have to be online. It's not like you can you know if you if you turn your PC 
on, you know, what if you turn your internet connection off, you wouldn't be able to play the game because you can't connect to the server. But the servers were so messed up that no one could connect. So it was a, it was a it was messed up. It was a horrible launch. But I don't get how a company like EA can screw that up. Like it's not like this isn't their first game. This isn't their first online game. Like can't they estimate what they would need on the server by the pre-orders? Like you you would think it's like, "Oh, 5 million people pre-ordered this game. We better make sure that we I don't know if I might spoil it way too many. You know, 100,000 people pre-ordered this game. We better make sure you have enough servers to have that many and more for people to buy it that didn't pre-order it. I don't under, like. It doesn't make sense to me, but I don't know. As long as you're making all that money on games, they probably don't care anyway. But I don't know. It's not my job. I'm just here doing the podcast. <laughs> um. So anyway, hopefully you have seen um the indie games kind of have a lot to offer. I've tried to cover like a wide range. This is by no means an exhaustive list. I mean, I've barely scratched the surface. I just want to talk about a few that I've been playing recently and games that have kind of meant a lot to me. Like I said, I've only been playing them for a few months, so I don't have a ton of exposure, but I really do enjoy them. Uh, and if you're interested, I want to give you a few ways before we wrap up here. I want to give you a few ways that you can try some indie games. Um, if you have a PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360, um, PlayStation Network and Xbox Live Arcade both have a really good amount of indie games to download right on their marketplaces. So, you know, if you just go on... PlayStation recently revamped their, their store, so I, don't, I haven't been on my PlayStation because I've been in college, but um, you should be able to go under games. Like, there should be an indie games category or, like, a, you know, recently released. You can check out there, and you'll know if it's an, if it's released by Capcom or Konami or something. It's obviously not an indie game, but you'll be able to find some on there, like a Retro City Rampages on there, stuff like that. Um, and the indie games are usually cheaper than mainstream games, which is nice. None of the games I've mentioned today are over $15. Um, like, V6 is like 5 bucks. DLC Quest is like $2. Retro City Rampage and Super Meat Boy are 15 but they're, they're, they're pretty big on content. Um, what's even better, if you have a PC... Um, Steam is a really, really good platform for indie games. It's a free download. You can download that and get right going with a free Steam account. That's really good for indie games. You can search by category. New indie games are released all the time. And a really sweet thing about Steam is the green light process. And what that is, is um, if you have a game you want to try to put on Steam, you can submit that game to Steam Greenlight, and it, and it throws it into a queue of all these Steam games. And then anyone that has a Steam account can check out the greenlit games, and they can. It, it asks you, would you would you buy this and play it if it was released on Steam? And you can say yes or no. And if there's enough community support for the game, it'll get it'll get released on Steam. So that's really cool for like you know developers that have a game that's not on Steam or someone trying to get their first game in. So that greenlight thing is really cool. So if you ever if you get a Steam account, there's definitely a ton of indie games already on the store. But if you can you can do some searching on the um, Steam greenlight for games they go, oh, that looks pretty cool, I'll, you know, I'll vote for that, and then you can add it to your followed game, so if it gets released or the developer releases some notes about it or something, um, you can you can see that too. Um, another uh, thing, just like Steam, it's like a client you download for your computer, it's called Desura. That might be worth checking out too. Um, they don't have as many, like, normal games as Steam, like Steam has stuff like Fallout and stuff like that, but Desura is a, is a bit more indie-friendly. Not that Steam isn't, but Desura has some more, like, you know, like, random-type games, you're, like, you know, like, any games that aren't, like, the, the big ones. So those two are both free, free accounts, um, so you can definitely check both those out. Um, just Steam and Desura, just Google that, and you'll be able to find those easily. Um, there's there's also sites that publish lists of free indie games. Um, I'll, I'll put one of those in the notes for you guys so you can check it out. Just, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know about all the games on there because they publish a lot of them, but they'll, they'll have links to the sites, whether it's downloadable or if it's just a game you play in your browser. So I'll, I'll put a link in that in the notes so you guys can check out some free of the indie games. Uh, so that pretty much sums it up for today. Um, 
just want to talk about some of that, a um, little diversity there. Uh, thank you guys a lot for listening, and again, uh, if you have any ideas for d- discussion topics, uh, if it's a game you want to talk about, if it's an idea, um, in the future I have some ideas, I'll probably be doing hopefully some like top 10 lists, um, I'm going to do like some hopefully some tech stuff in a couple weeks, um, you know, maybe some stuff on Windows, or just like, you know, easy tips, that kind of thing. Um, so I would love to hear that, so again, I, you can check my, I posted my Twitter name, uh, at Stegnosaurus, in the description, I'll post that there, um, you can leave a comment on the site, um, shoot me an email, anything like that, so I'm Ben, this has been episode 2 of A Secret to Everybody, and we'll wrap this up with our new, uh, outro for the week, it is Recall of the Shadows by Fox Synergy, and I'll see you next week.